What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Week 8 Recap of the Cut. Sean, Christian, and Randy are here for all of your mediocre fantasy football advice. We're here on Monday night. Randy, how you doing? Doing great. Getting ready to watch this incredible game that somehow our basically our seasons kind of rely on between all three. Of, like all three of us kind of need a win here. And I, obviously, I'm facing you in the one league, Sean. So yeah, and we'll then see how I that need, goes. I need to beat our friend Sweet in the other league to keep pace with Christian to keep my second place hold. Christian, how you doing? I am doing awesome. This is the first week that I have a chance to go four and zero. I know I said that probably three weeks ago and then it never panned out for me. But as long as the Steelers get point, I think it's actually point three points tonight. I go four and zero on the week in my four leagues. And I'm feeling great about that. I feel like I'm about to make my, my playoff push in all these leagues. So I'm excited. I did want to add, you, you've kept saying they need point five points. I, I understand you may have looked in the score change. That's not what I mean. Do you need them to actually get point five or at least point five? I don't think I ever remember you see saying <laughs> oh. at least. So I was like, I don't think you're gonna win, man. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> at least point five. Okay, um, good. <laughs> yeah, like, so I, I have the Steelers defense, so I need them realistically to get twenty. Uh, so Sean loses in the other league. Hey, it's okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, barring what happens tonight, I could go, or depending on what happens, I could go ten and two in my twelve. Which would be the best I've done yet. It's a solid week. Yeah. So as always, thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate you joining in. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, just shoot us an email at officialcutpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at thecutffl. And follow us on Instagram at thecutffl. And then like and share us on Facebook at thecutffl. Same thing. And then subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Uh, what we're going to do, we're just going to go through our week eight recap. We're going to give you some thoughts on the games we witnessed last night and earlier yesterday. And then we're going to go through our worthy waivers leading into week nine. going to be a uh, pretty relatively quick episode. We'll see how quick we can get through these recaps. So we'll just start right away with the Chargers over the Bears 17-16 on a missed field goal by Eddie Pinheiro as the time expired. Oh, man. For the Chargers, Melvin Gordon, eight carries for 31 yards, did find the end zone. Austin Eckler had a really quiet game with only three rushes for three yards and two catches for 19. Um, Keenan Allen had a hamstring injury going into the game. He was active. We thought he would be limited, but he did end up with 10, 10 targets, seven catches for 53 yards. Mike Williams added three for 69 on six targets. Guys, do you think that they can both be startable wide receivers now that it looks like Williams is healthy and starting to get into the fold and then Keenan Allen is eventually going to get back to his old self? Yeah, I do. I don't see how they couldn't. Obviously, Keenan Allen's the 1A, not even 1A, he's the 1. And then it's like a 2A, 2B with Hunter Henry and Mike Williams. Mike Williams is more of the deep shot guy as well, where Keenan Allen is pretty much everywhere on the field. And Hunter Henry's that mid-range guy that's going to soak up at least six catches a week pretty much. I mean... He had a little bit more of a down week this week. Yeah, four catches for 47. But... With Keenan Allen a little bit limited, maybe he gets a little bit more focus there. And we saw the Bears also kind of shut down uh, Darren Waller a couple weeks ago too, so maybe they're a little bit stronger against tight ends than we'd like to think about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you. I think Mike Williams is startable. We talked about it for weeks, the air yards that, that Mike Williams was getting, and it finally panned out. That one catch that he had over the two defenders was just nasty. And that's, that's what I expected out of Mike Williams coming into the year. 
it just hasn't really panned out. Um, yeah, you're, you're still a well-known Mike Williams hater. I, I'm not a hater. I just I had to drop him, man, and I didn't like it. I I still think that he's going to have a productive year. I don't know that you're always going to be happy with him. Similar to starting Austin Eckler, um, Austin Eckler is not going to have too many more games where he underperforms like this because he's an RB two. Um, as I've 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 driven that point for weeks and I really do think that he's going to bounce back. It was just a tough matchup for running backs. And I think when he bounces back, that might hit Mike Williams and, and Hunter Henry a little bit more. Um, but I think Henry will be more touchdown. He'll have more touchdown upside. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm almost thinking, uh, I know it's only been really one game where everybody's been active, but we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, like who takes the hit with Henry coming back and then Gordon coming back too. It almost feels like Mike Williams and Austin Eckler maybe can't coexist because of how much uh, how much target share Eckler demands in the passing game to be relevant. I feel like if Williams has bigger days, then Eckler is going to kind of be on the downturn and vice versa. I mean, at least at least that's kind of what it looked like after this week. I know it was only one week with Mike Williams, Allen, Eckler, Gordon all being active, but that was my initial thought. Yeah, I see what you mean, but yeah, I mean Eckler. If they're not behind, Eckler's value drops mm-hmm. heavily. Yeah, right. Because they I, don't not like even, to target Gordon that much. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with Gordon. They're giving him eight touches. I mean, pretty much no one's gonna get unless you're like seeing super holes. They you're were down get, though for the majority of this game. The Bears had yeah. For a that's while. what I'm saying. Like. Like, if you're giving a guy eight carries, like, he has to have wide open mm-hmm. lanes to go through to even be that productive and get a rhythm at all. Yeah, I, I mean, he still got, he got He got the touchdown, so he saved his day. But, hey, guys, Matt so, Nagy is not an idiot. Because he <laughs> ran sure. David Montgomery 27 times. Montgomery had 135 yards in the touchdown, caught four passes. Christian, are you confident in starting Montgomery after this week now? No. Uh not, I mean, I think in the flex, you might be okay. But as like an RB2, I, I definitely would not be. This was a clear overcorrection, and they still freaking lost the game. Granted, they had the opportunity to win, and the kicker failed them. Seems to be a See, Chicago thing. thing. I, don't know if, I don't know if you guys saw the kick. It was, it, it, the wind took that ball completely to the other side of the upright. He did not – that was a good kick. It's just the wind yeah. is going so much that it, it, it sucks – but he is, I wouldn't necessarily blame Pinheiro. Like, the wind took that thing completely the other way. He killed that ball. No, I, I agree. Yeah. It's the life of a kicker. Yeah, yeah. dude. I, I can't, dude. If, my, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm lucky enough to have sons, I, I think I'm, I'm going to make him a punter. Because punter, <laughs> because when do you ever look? When do you ever look at a punter like you look at a kicker? If a punter can down a ball, he's a god. If he can get a ball down inside the 10-yard line, Kind of like Jamie Gillen could do. Like that dude is the best punter ever, and they never have to worry about stuff like that. I'm having my son yeah. punt. All right. Well, Sounds back good. to David Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you can flex him. I think that he's he's never going to get 27 carries in a game again. Oh. Um, I I don't think the Bears' offense is good enough to warrant that. They they yeah. were up in this game, but they were playing a pretty bad Chargers team. Like I don't that Chargers don't have, team is not good. No, exactly, and. I don't know that the offense is going to constitute handing the ball off 27 times ever again. 
Yeah, I think they I have to that. because they can't throw the ball. That's, I mean, that's if they're that's if they want to win. If they want to win, that's probably the way they have to play is yeah. just feed the ball to Montgomery a bunch and throw when they have to. But let's let's move on. I, I, both of those teams just kind of make me sad. <laughs> All right. So next game, Seahawks over the Falcons, twenty-seven to twenty, in a relatively close game. I know that Shab kind of brought them back towards the end. Um, on the Seahawks side, Chris Carson, 20 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. So he, he was able to find the end zone again. Um, they were leading for most of the game, so they could they could use him a little bit more. Wilson only threw the ball 20 times. Rashad Penny, he looked good in the eight carries that he had. He had 55 yards. He almost got in the end zone. I'm wondering if he gets traded by tomorrow. I know his name's out there, and the trade deadline is tomorrow, I believe, at 4 p.m. He's a name that I'm kind of watching because there are some teams that need a running back. We saw it with the Cardinals trading for Drake. I mean, Penny's talented. It's just he's been in the doghouse for Pete Carroll and the Seahawks since they drafted him, which is kind of weird that they even spent a first-round pick. Um, Tyler Lockett, six catches for 100 yards on six targets. DK Metcalf did find the end zone twice, but he had three catches for 13 yards. And I'm pretty sure I could have caught the first touchdown that he scored. I mean, there was nobody within five yards anyway. It, It was bonkers. I don't trust him week to week. I don't know if you guys are any different, but that's just me. No, I think you can flex him sometimes. Randy, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, same matchup thing. Mm-hmm. We said he was, yeah. it was a good matchup this week. Our only worry was they weren't going to throw the ball a ton, which is what happened. But he Wish made up more yeah. touchdowns. No, that's fair. And Lockett's not really the big goal line threat as he's more of a no, ball play guy. Not at all. And with, with Disley out, it's all mm-hmm. going to funnel to Metcalf down there. And, and Carson. Yeah. yeah. I think they'll be more willing to give the ball to Carson, even yeah. from like the nine. Well, it's going to be at the nine because it won't be at the one. That's for sure. <laughs> for the Falcons, Matt Schaub actually put up a, a decent fantasy numbers, uh, 39 for 52, 460 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Devontae Freeman only had 13 carries for 39 yards, but he did catch eight passes for 63 at eight targets. Um, I think he could continuously put up the receiving production. He does look healthy now. That could warrant him being an RB2. I don't know if you – I know you guys – I've kind of been on the more plus side of Devontae Freeman since the year started, but I don't know if you guys feel the same way. But if he can continue to get eight tar- seven, eight targets a game, he could be an RB2. Yeah. I mean, he can be a flex option for sure. I think I want to see another week of this maybe, you know, with Matt Ryan at quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I said on last week's shows with Sanu being gone, I thought it was going to help out Hooper and Freeman more than Ridley because yeah. Ridley doesn't really – run the same routes as Sanu did. So, uh, I mean, I think I think he could be helped, but he's just so bad at run- This line's so bad. At yeah, it's because it's, he's talented, yeah. but I agree. It's it's more the line than anything else. Uh, speaking of Ridley, four catches for 70 yards on seven targets in the first game without Sanu. Um, Austin Hooper did catch a touchdown, six for 65, and then Julio went nuts again, 10 for 152 on 12. And back um, to his normal no touchdowns. Yeah. It's, I feel I mean, a lot better. I mean, yeah, you'll take you'll take ten for one fifty two any day of the week, though. Yeah. Um, the Lions over the Giants, thirty one to twenty six. Daniel Jones, twenty eight for forty one, three hundred twenty two yards and four touchdowns. He did find Barkley um, for one of them. Barkley nineteen carries for sixty four yards, caught eight for seventy nine in a touchdown on ten targets. We still haven't seen this offense fully healthy yet. Golden Tate eight for eighty five, had ten targets. Also, uh, Darius Slayton was the beneficiary of Shepard being out. Two catches for fifty and two touchdowns. So both of his both of his catches were touchdowns, which is crazy. Um, and then Evan Ingram found the end zone. He was wide open and he almost didn't score. He fell into the end zone, but made it in by like a yard. Seven targets. 
Shepard should be back next week. Um, what are you like? Are you guys trusting the majority of skill players in this Giants offense? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's I. It's I want to see Shepard in there with him. I really mm-hmm. just don't know what to assume. Obviously, I don't think Slayton is going to be much with everyone back. I mean, he's he's kind of a red zone guy, so he might be, he's going to get flexed in there and. Obviously, he plays on the outside where everyone else doesn't really. So maybe he still is a little bit more relevant than I think. But I think you pretty much can trust Barkley. And I think you can trust kind of like this line for sure on a weekly basis from Ingram. Like I said, he's going to get six targets, and you hope he gets those catches. So other than that, I I really have no idea what's going to happen with Golden Tate and Shepard. I don't know if Shepard should be playing anymore. I don't know if he should just get – kind of retire like Jordan Reed should. He's had so many concussions. So quickly. Yeah, I mean, I think he, he's too young into his career for anything like that to happen. I get what I you're saying. I don't know, man. So was Jordan Reed when he started getting them. Yeah. yeah. But Reed had a bunch of other injuries too. That's yeah, fair. Yeah. Fair. But he's had like seven concussions yeah. in like four years, which is – Plus, Reed is probably more physical too. When he when Reed played, he was more of a physical tight end versus Shepard being a yeah. wide receiver. I get your point, but – Yeah, if I – I'm just saying like – if I had him anywhere and people were asking for him with trade deadline coming up and I'm not quite sure how he affects, I'd probably look to move him. I think, Dyna- I think Dynasty is still valuable, and I'm not just saying that because I, I have him. <laughs> I think he could be valuable in Dynasty, but that's another reason why I may trade him because if he gets another concussion this year, I don't know what happens. That's such an up-in-the-air you know, thing. Yeah, I mean, he could probably sit this year, but I don't. I doubt that he's – he would be done if he gets another concussion they're gonna they i that probably pretty much have to sit him the rest of this year. yeah you're probably just, right yeah it's it's just one of those once we'll people see. start getting multiple concussions i get nervous it's 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 yeah, it's been every, fluke. Yeah. it's been fluke things though so yeah. um for the lions stafford uh 25 for 32 342 yards and three touchdowns so another big day for him Ty John Ty Johnson made me want to cry Johnson for only seven carries for 25 yards. That was very disappointing. Uh, Trey Carson actually had 12 carries for 34. It's the it, Ty Johnson was a huge pickup. I showed you guys in the one league I'm in. Some dude spent 75 fab dollars on Ty Johnson and he got him four points. Um, I, I don't know if you can really trust him. I probably know more than a flex play. Uh, Not even. Uh, it I, seems like the, the, all the, the Lions want to throw the ball. Which is well, weird with the Daryl Bevel offense with Matt Patricia, but I don't I don't think they trust any of these running backs. Well, that's the thing. I I was hesitant on Ty Johnson because I saw that Trey Carson had been picked up and he he didn't get a lot of work with the Packers, but he was out there for a couple snaps and and he looked like he could have a role somewhere. Obviously, it wasn't going to be in Green Bay, but. Man, I was I was hesitant, and I'm I'm glad I was hesitant and didn't go spend a bunch of money on Ty Johnson because I don't know that I I would hold him for a week and then you might be cutting Ty Johnson and picking up Trey Carson because he looked like the better running back. I don't I don't know if I go that far yet. I I, I see where you, I see where you're going, but I still think I I think Johnson is the guy that they're going to want to uh, incorporate into the offense more. That's probably fair, but like you said, too, I mean, they want to throw the ball, and they yeah. have a bunch of capable receivers. I know uh, Danny Amendola and Marvin Hall had, had, like, awesome games for who they are. And yeah, that's I, so 
Danny Amendola. That's disappointing. I know Galladay <laughs> put up a big game too, but come on, man. Eight catches for 95 yards for Danny Amendola. The dude's 50. It's because Hawkinson just drops all the damn yeah. catches. TJ, more <laughs> like TJ Droppinson. Am I yeah. right? Oh, God. Well, I, I just think they got three running backs that they're trying to kind of rotate in until they figure it out. I This was obviously a good passing matchup, so they just went with it. Yeah. I would definitely wait at least another week before you make any rash decisions here. Right. Yeah, Christian. agreed. Looking at you, Christian. I'm not. Uh, he doesn't own him anywhere. <laughs> Kenny Galladay, six for one twenty-three and two on eight targets. The first, the I don't. It was the first touchdown he had. It was a great catch. Get able to get his both feet inside the inside the pylon. It was it was awesome. Um, the Jaguars over the Jets, twenty-nine to fifteen. Ghostbuster Sam Darnold, 21 for 30, 218 yards, two touchdowns, but did throw three picks. I think he's. they said that he sprained his wrist in that game too. His schedule does get a lot easier moving forward. Um, I know he was a popular pickup a couple of weeks ago because people were looking at the back end of his schedule. I don't know. <laughs> Something is up with this whole Jets team right now. And it's not, it's not just Sam Darnold seeing ghosts, but to – Decline, deny a guy surgery, then he gets surgery and then gets released. I don't know this whole thing. I think it's I it, I think it's Adam Gase to be honest with you. But I'm other than probably Bell, it's hard to not want to shy away from this entire team. I don't know. Like is that just me? Well, I I do want to say I think their offense even gets better once Herndon's full back in here. But their line just keeps getting more and more banged up and cut for horrible reasoning uh i mean this is the jets organization this is why no one wants to play for them ever this is why they always suck it's because they do stuff like this just like the redskins and the browns the browns don't do this yeah it's not this <laughs> they used to, to yeah to be well, under some other people it's not this no. regime at all but it's, i, I don't know deny a guy surgery and then he gets surgery and then you cut him come on yeah. it's super weird i i know you said except for bell but man, he looks bad too. Like he really, he's had a couple blow up games. I know it's the line, but well, I guess Lev Bell has never had a bad offensive line ever. So now we're kind of seeing what he is without a good offensive line. And, and I maybe, think, but that Jaguars front seven is good still. Like I, and that that was part of it. Um, okay. but he, I mean, he's still getting the volume, which is what you want. And then one other thing to note here. Robbie Anderson, four for 43 on six targets. There is a lot of rumors going around that the Jets are looking to trade him too. Um, so that's a name you want to keep an eye on. I know, Christian, I know you were a big Robbie Anderson guy going into the season. Um, I'm curious. Demarius Thomas had five for 63 on five targets. If Anderson was to get traded, Thomas could maybe be a guy that you pick up um, kind of speculatively because I, he's gonna, I think he's going to get a ton more work, especially with Crowder playing kind of the short short field role for Gase. Um, so I think that's just something to keep in mind to see if he gets traded. Yeah. I'm the Jaguars. Well, I, I, I wanted to go back to your original point, sorry. Uh, you said that people are picking up Darnold as like a hold and stream option down the down the line here, and I actually do agree with that. They, they have a really easy schedule, but like the three people that have like the easiest schedules are pretty much – Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold. So it's kind of like a pick your poison. And obviously, if it's a two QB league, it's a lot different. But if it's just a one QB, at most, you're only playing these guys one week. So I'm not sure 
like if you want to pick any of these guys up this week or it's it's kind of rough there. Yeah, I I was one of those people that did that with Darnold and I immediately cut him. Um, <laughs> so I I picked him up before the Patriots game just to hold him, and then I watched him in the Patriots game, and I know that's going to be an anomaly, but is it because he just threw three interceptions? against the Jalen Ramsey list Jags. So, I mean, he still – he looks like he's having a, a bit of a sophomore slump too, which is reasonable because he had a giant spleen for a few – Yeah, I'm just afraid to know. How many, how many games has he actually played here this this season? I mean – Oh, my God. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Well, Sam Darnold. Let's move on and talk about my Gross. Uh, Gardner Minshew, another big game, 22 for 34, 279, three, um, no picks. Uh, I know, Christian, I know we were talking about it before we started recording. You think that he keeps the job. It's hard to argue that he's been uh, – he hasn't been any – like he's exceeded all expectations. But Randy and I kind of both think that Foles gets the job back when he is healthy again just because um, like it, it, the, the Jaguars paid Nick Foles a bunch of money, and I think that's going to matter. Um, Leonard Fournette, 19 carries for 76 yards. A lot of it came on a 66 yard run in the first quarter, but the jets do have a decent run defense. Um, he caught seven balls for 60 yards on seven targets. That's something that Fournette gives you. And it's completely his backfield Armstead hasn't really factored in much at all. DJ Chark, six for 79 and one on 12 targets. And then, uh, DD Westbrook left the game with a shoulder injury and didn't return. So that's something that you want to keep an eye on. Uh, it looks like Chark's going to sustain this. I mean, he's had, Two weeks of not scoring, but he found the end zone again here. Um, 80 yards and a touchdown. You'll take that every day of the week. What do you think will happen, though, if Foles takes over? I mean, it'll it'll go back to Didi, but I think Chark, is, uh, Chark looks like maybe the more talented receiver. So I, they could probably split it more than now. Uh, Chris Conley, I think, goes away, but I think Chark and um, Westbrook both can have production. That's Probably fair. I just yeah. I, I kind of get nervous with Chark because of yeah his no, it's, it's definitely warranted, yeah. especially because Westbrook plays the slot. But yeah. but I mean if Westbrook's out, then it it's kind of a moot point. Yeah. Um, Rams over the Bengals, twenty four to ten in London. Uh, for the Bengals, Joe Mixon, seventeen carries for sixty six yards. Did catch four passes for eleven yards and a touchdown on four targets. So he had a decent fantasy game. As bad as that. Bengals offense continues to look. Mixon was able to put something up. Um, Alex Erickson, six for 97 on seven. Tyler Boyd, six for 65 on nine. And then Auden Tate, 13 targets, but five for 65. It does sound like A.J. Green is going to be back after the bye week, week 10. Uh, if you guys had to pick one of these guys, who takes the hardest hit? Uh, Erickson's probably the most obvious one, but um, are either of you guys leaning Boyd or Tate? Hmm. Uh, it's not Boyd. Because Boyd Boyd won't be double teamed anymore, so that helps him. I honestly don't know because Boyd will probably be in the slot more than he is right now, so maybe it does hurt Erickson. But Tate's been running the routes that John Ross was running, who was running for AJ Green. So I I feel like it's got to be Tate. I think he may still be there, but I think it'll only be like maybe like four targets a game instead of the eleven to fifteen we've been getting. I kind of agree. I mean, Erickson I think goes away. And they, may, they may both. <laughs> I, that's that's kind of what I was going to lean on. Uh, because with A.J. Green, you're going to feed him the ball, and Tyler Boyd's going to get open enough to be even more productive than he has been, which is a good thing for any Tyler Boyd owners because it's been uh, a rough sled in the last couple of weeks. But 
I think Tate probably – I wouldn't say he completely goes away. One thing that's really interesting, though, is how productive these Bengals receivers have been all season. I mean – Yeah, because it, like you know my feelings on Dalton. I mean, he threw for one touchdown again. Um, but I, I would probably agree with that is they've been able – I mean, because the, the Bengals have just been throwing the ball so many times that uh, that's, that's part of it. I mean, yeah. they, they could have I, good games. I think if they can fix this line in the offseason and get a, one of these good young quarterbacks, I think this offensive scheme makes them super fantasy relevant off the start. I just yeah. – I know you guys kind of feel the same. You're not quite sure if Dalton's around. I just don't – I don't think he will be. No, I, 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 would, I would be shocked if the Bengals didn't draft a quarterback this year. I, I, think, the Beng- or I think the Bears are going to go out and get Andy Dalton maybe tomorrow. Oh Jesus! I'm not I would kind of, I would kind of love that. That would be awesome. It's a slight upgrade for Allen Robinson. <laughs> Talk for the first about, time well, in his career. I thought you were going to say it's a slight upgrade at quarterback, and I was going to say it's a very it slight upgrade. No, well, which, it's he's a better, way better than Trubisky. It's well, a slight fantasy upgrade, but it's yeah. way better actually throwing the ball upgrade than yeah, his whole career. Poor, Agreed. Poor Mitch, man. He's just not good. Um, for the Rams, Todd Gurley, 10 carries for 44 yards, did find the end zone. But Daryl Henderson, 11 carries for 49 yards and caught two uh, caught two passes for 20. He did end up out touching Gurley. I don't know if I really looked that much into this. Um, I, I feel like they're still trying to save Gurley a little bit. But how long are we going to say that, man? Like, we're eight weeks I, I, in, and they yeah. haven't rolled him out full go yet. Yeah. They knew they're gonna win this game, man. Yeah, they weren't worried. I think part of it would be the opponent. And it's a and it's a much longer flight mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. And true. when you have arthritis of the knee, that tends to stiffen up when you're sitting crouched in a plane for a long time. It's probably true. Yeah. And, uh for the receivers, Brandon Cooks did leave the game with a concussion. You want to talk about a guy that's worrisome. It it's Cooks. I mean, he has not had good injury history, and this didn't look good. Um so he's Cooper Cup took advantage seven for 220 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets, one of which was pretty comical. The fact that he scored a touchdown on that flea flicker where the cornerback <laughs> uh, just fell down and then <laughs> ran by him. But and then Woods only two for 36. Obviously, if Cooks is out, I think uh, Woods is going to get an uptake because they're not going to be playing the Bengals every week. So uh, Goff is going to have to throw a lot. Um, Everett only two for fifteen on three targets. Do you guys got anything else to say about this game? No, I just I hope that Woods gets that uptick because as a Robert Woods owner and someone who really believed in his production, it has not been good this year. I don't think Ronald is going I don't think Ronald is gonna have four or five catches every game like he did in this one. Oh no. True. And, and that's a product of matchup too, I think. Right, exactly. Uh the Titans over the Buccaneers, twenty seven to twenty three. Uh, James Winston, 21 for 43, uh, 301 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. So a ultimately a decent fantasy game, even if he didn't look that good on the field. Uh, Mike Evans, welcome back. 11 for 198 and two on 12 targets. Chris Godwin added four for 43 on eight. Guys, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, I think it's Evans' is wide receiver two and Godwin's wide receiver four on a points-per-game basis. Like, thank, thank the Lord for Bruce Arians and that offense. Um, and especially with a quarterback that hasn't even that Winston hasn't been that good this year. I, I think he's like QB 13 or 14, maybe. So he's not even a QB one. And these guys are having absolutely insane production. And then no, no OJ Howard, 
Christian, you and I talked about it before. Cameron Bray only three catches for 32 yards. It's weird, but he doesn't have the, that good of games when O.J. Howard's not active. We, I ran down the list with you that uh, yeah. last week. Neither does O.J. Howard when O.J. Howard's active. <laughs> he he also got a little bit banked up this game too, right? Right? Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think he did leave the game. I mean, uh, I don't think that factored that. that much, but maybe no. like two more catches. Right. For the Titans, Ryan Tannehill had a 193 yards passing but did find the end zone three times. Derrick Henry only 16 carries for 75 yards, uh, and he lost a fumble. Um, there was no wide receiver production at all. Uh, 10, ca- 10 catches for 100 or 10 catches for 62 yards combined from Adam Humphreys, Tajay Sharp, AJ Brown, and Corey Davis. Uh, the only production was an AJ Brown three-yard touchdown. But Randy talked about it on our last pod. Jonu Smith steps up with no Delaney Walker, six catches for 78 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. I think he's a guy you should add. Um, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but. If Delaney Walker was in a walking boot, um, I believe it was Friday. So it seems like he's going to be out multiple weeks, and Tannehill was was looking at Jonu Smith in this one. I'm, I'm going to toss a curveball in here. I don't think it matters if Delaney Walker comes back because I think Jonu Smith, I said it last week, he's more talented than Delaney Walker today. He's not necessarily better career-wise, obviously, but I think Jonu takes over the starting tight end job. I, he may. And it's it's definitely a team that needs to transition offensively for a future. And obviously, I don't think Delaney really plays after this year, maybe. I'm not sure Olsen or Witten does either. So, Or Jordan Reed, for that matter, I guess. Uh, or Vernon Davis for that. So, yeah, so I think it's going to be a transition year for tight ends. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next game we'll take a look at was the Colts over the Broncos, 15-13, to in a game that was good from a football perspective but not a good fantasy perspective. I mean, Joe Flacco only had 174 yards. Um, he's going to be out this week. He has a herniated disc in his neck. Uh, uh, Philip Lindsay, 14 carries for 59 yards. Did catch five passes, but for only 17. Royce Freeman was the one that found the end zone. 12 carries for 40 and a touchdown. You can probably start both of these running backs, but I'm more afraid now with Brandon Allen, who's going to be making his first career start in a regular season game, than I would have been with Flacco. And that's not saying much because I was afraid of Flacco also. Um, I don't know. Are you guys kind of on the same page with that? Definitely, 100%. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, if the Browns don't win against the Broncos this week, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, there was really no offensive production. Cortland Sutton did have three catches for 72 yards on six targets in the first game without Sanders. But, I mean, he's not going to do much when Joe Flacco has 174 yards. So there's not much to say there. For the Colts, Jacoby Brissett, 202 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, did have 34 yards rushing, made a big play uh, to on the game-winning drive for the Colts, uh, avoiding a sack and finding T.Y. Hilton for a long pass. Marlon Mack, 19 carries for 76 yards and a touchdown. Uh, T.Y. finished the game with just two for 54. It looked like the Colts kind of wanted to salt the game away a little bit, kind of like what they did against the Chiefs. Um, It's hard to trust either Ebron or Doyle, though. Ebron, three for 26. Doyle, four for 61. Both of those guys need a touchdown to be relevant, and you don't know who it's going to be each week. Yeah, (laughs) completely agree. Yeah, there's really not much. Really not much to talk about in this one. Yeah, I think um, T.Y. may be a decent 
look at if if uh, that owner's not that happy. I mean, mm. went from a really good week to a really bad week, kind of. So plus he was Chris Harris was on him pretty much the entire. Mm-hmm. Season. Yeah, we we kind of everyone that actually looks at the the matchups was like, I'm not sure he's gonna have a tremendous week. So shout out OBJ for know. that matchup this week. If yeah. Chris Harris is on that team. Yeah, that's true. They're they're shopping him also. That'd be sweet. I'm curious to see. There, I feel like there's going to be a decent amount of moves that happen tomorrow. It's a new um, age in the NFL. It's like the NBA trend, yeah. trade deadline now. Yeah. Eagles over the Bills, 31-13 to 13 in Buffalo. The rain did play a factor in this one. Uh, Carson Wentz, 17 for 24, 172 yards passing, one touchdown, no picks, added 35 yards on the ground. Uh, the running backs were the story here. Jordan Howard, 23 carries for 96 yards on a touchdown. And Miles Sanders, only three carries, but 74 yards and a touchdown. Uh, his touchdown was a 65-yarder. He did leave the game with a shoulder injury, but Doug Peterson came out today and said he thinks he's going to be okay. He's kind of day-to-day. If if Sanders is healthy, are you guys okay with starting both of these running backs every week? No. No. <laughs> I Because I, I think you need a touchdown most likely from – Howard every week for him to be that relevant. A lot of these carries and yards kind of got pumped in because Sanders went down yeah. like early to mid third quarter and they were trying to run out the game. So, I mean, I think he could get 50, 60 yards every week and then you're hoping for a touchdown. So would you rather start Sanders over Howard if you had to choose? Uh, I think personally I would in most matchups, but then again, I own Sanders places and I don't own Howard anywhere. Yeah. So maybe I'm not the most uh, unbiased person to ask here. Same. <laughs> yeah. We all, we all own a decent amount of shares of Sanders so that we want to see him kind of break free in that backfield. Um, Dallas Goddard, three catches for 22 yards and a touchdown on five, tar- on five targets. Uh, Zach Ertz with another quiet game, two for 20. We talk about it every week. I'm getting more and more worried about Zach Ertz. Yeah. Uh, let me tell a funny story really quick. So in my one league, I had uh, Mark Andrews on by, and I was looking for a tight end, and I was like, hmm, I'll take my shot on Dallas Goddard. Come, what, Saturday probably, I was starting to tinker. I was getting nervous, and I picked up Jonu Smith. And then about 20 minutes later, I dropped him and added Cameron Brait. I told you not to do I that. know. I told you not to start Cameron. I don't know why I dropped Jonu. Like I I told you to start. I know. I don't yeah, know what I, I was thinking. You told you told me to start. I told him. you. That's the bad part. But yeah. I still got the win as long as the Steelers don't just give up 45 points tonight. Fitz magic baby full force. Shut up. Yeah, For but the just, Yeah, but it's it's hard. I don't know what's going on in this tight end room. I it's I don't know if they're they may trade Ertz tomorrow. I have no idea what the heck's going on. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, they they drafted Goddard to kind of be Ertz's successor, but it seems like it's almost coming quicker than anybody thought. Uh, for the Bills, Josh Allen, sixteen for thirty-four, one sixty-nine, two touchdowns, no picks. Did rush for forty-five yards. Like I said, it was it was downpouring for pretty much the entire game. There is some bad weather in the in the Northeast and the Midwest the last couple days. Uh, Frank Gore, nine carries for 34 yards. Uh, Devin Singletary, three for 19, but had four catches for 30 yards and a touchdown. He did out-snap Gore, which is uh, which is a good thing as a Singletary owner. I don't know how you guys feel about him, but the, I, it's got to be the changing of the guard at some point, don't you think? Possibly. I mean, they have a good record, so they're not going to really stray yeah. from anything here. Uh, but, if I mean, Gore's legs are 
Well, actually, they're probably not going to run out because he's immortal. <laughs> but uh, I, I, but this is why everyone was so high in Singletary while he was out because since the first, the second game, he outsnapped Gore and had great receiving work. And they were kind of working a back last week, obviously, as we see here. But he has never been a high touch game. Yeah. But he he is always on the field because they trust him on the field more than Gore. Well, that's the thing that kind of makes me nervous about Singletary is I don't know if he's gotten more than 10 carries once in a game. I I definitely don't think so. I'm not sure if he's had more than 10 touches in a game. Well, that's that's the thing. Like, yeah, he's been super productive. But how often – can you bank on that level of efficiency? I, I get nervous to start him just because of that. I hope that at some point the Bills realize that they're not as good as their record shows and they run Singletary yeah. out there. And, and maybe that means they run Gore to, to his death for the next 40 think, years. But I think they're not as good an offense as their record show, but I think they're good enough their defense to be good, this record. I agree. Their, their, offense, their offense has still struggled. Well, they um, still have to – Still have to play no, I agree. AFC East. So. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> the Saints over the Cardinals, 31-9 in Drew Brees' return. Uh, really not much production from anyone on Arizona. Kyler Murray had 220 yards on 19 completions, 33 attempts. That's two rough games in a row. No David Johnson in this one, so Chase Edmonds had seven carries for eight yards but then got hurt. They did trade for Kenyon Drake. Sounds like Drake's going to be the starter on Thursday night against San Francisco because I don't think Edmonds plays and they want to hold David Johnson out past this week because it's a short week. Christian Kirk came back from his injury, 8 for 79 on 11 targets. But uh, Larry Fitzgerald, only two catches for eight yards on four. Uh, it did seem like he was shadowed by Lattimore. The, uh, I believe the Thursday night game is Arizona-San Francisco. Sure so that's not going to help out the Arizona production much. For the receivers, same. maybe. Yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna to have throw. to throw them. Yeah. They're right. gonna have to throw because they're not gonna be able to stop this run game. I don't think. Yeah, for the Saints, uh, Drew Brees in his return, thirty-four for forty-three, three hundred seventy-three yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. No Kamara meant uh, Latavius Murray went nuts. Twenty-one carries for one hundred two yards and a touchdown. Also caught nine passes for fifty-five yards and a touchdown on twelve targets. Kamara should be back next week. But do you guys think that Murray can play the Mark Ingram role, which is kind of what people thought going into the season he would do? No, I mean, slightly, but it's going to be just like it was before. They're not going to – I mean, Murray's going to get a few touches. He's going to spell, and but he's not even like the goal line back there because Kamara, they use him in the goal line situations. So, I, I mean, I'm not that confident in playing him with Kamara not. If Kamara's out there – they're using him completely. Yeah. Well, Randy and I also were hesitant to use Latavius this week, just well, in in DraftKings because of I, the price, and I, we probably should have put him in the lineup. But I just I know Latavius Murray looks a lot better this year, but it's kind of a case of it's it's still Latavius Murray, and that production is like Randy said, all going back to Kamara. And I just don't think that Latavius Murray is going to be really fantasy relevant at all. Um, if As long as Alvin stays healthy. Yeah. yeah once once we get through this uh, trade deadline of the NFL and the fantasy seasons, there's not really a lot of waiver wire pickups. So it's basically handcuff time. And he's obviously a great handcuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Michael Thomas, another crazy game, 11 for 112 and a touchdown on 11 targets. He's just really, really good. 
Uh, moving on to the four o'clocks, the 49ers over the Panthers, 51 to 13. Um, for the Panthers, McCaffrey, 14 carries for 117 yards and a touchdown. So that's good, I guess. Um, DJ Moore, five catches for 38. Curtis Samuel, four catches for 46. This was just a product of the Panthers looking terrible and the 49ers putting up a million. Uh, for the 49ers, Jimmy G, 18 for 22, 175, two touchdowns and a pick. Tevin Coleman. Dun, 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 dun. That was definitely warranted. 11 carries for 105 yards and three touchdowns. Also had a uh, two catches for 13 yards and a touchdown on two targets. Boom. Eat it, both of you. I'm a Tevin Coleman truther. Listen, man, I never disagreed with you. I said that there's going to be games like that. There's going to be games that Breida goes off. And this was one of the Tevin Coleman. keeps getting hurt. That's fair. The, the dude, Another he'll, come back. For he'll come back on, on Thursday. I'm sure he will. The dude's got some ridiculous <laughs> regenerative powers, but he gets hurt every game almost. Yeah, he does. I don't, I don't think Randy wants to talk about this much, so we can move on. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders, four catches for 25 yards and a touchdown in his first game back. Debo Samuel added a 20-yard rushing score to three for 19. George Kittle, another solid six for 86, but did have a touchdown called back on offensive pass interference that was challenged and upheld. Um, Why are your coaches still challenging that? I, I don't know. There's been like eight that have been overturned. Looking at you, Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. Uh, let's not get started. We'll get to that. Um, the Texans over the Raiders, 27 to 24. For the Raiders, uh, Josh Jacobs, 15 carries for 66 yards. Tyrell Williams was back, and he had a long touchdown, three for 91, and a touchdown on six targets. Hunter Renfro kind of brought his name out there in this one, four for 88 and a touchdown. Gives some dynasty appeal. Randy, I know you've been trying to pull Hunter Renfro from the depths of Dan's fantasy team, and he's not buying it. <laughs> hey, I keep, I've i asked multiple times for him to send me an offer, and then he just messages back to send him an offer. And I'm not – it's it's not like Renfro is anything that's really going to – I mean, like this week he had production, but he's mm-hmm. only getting three or four catches a game. Right, it's no. more. It's more. I wanted a Raider, and and it, and for the future, it's it, it, he might not be a bad pickup. Um, Darren Waller only two catches for eleven yards, but did score. He did have eight targets though. Uh, I, I think he's going to bounce back. For the Texans, Deshaun Watson was great again. Twenty-seven for thirty-nine, two hundred seventy-nine yards, three touchdowns, one of which coming on a on a kick in the eye. Uh, Forty-six yards rushing. Carlos Hyde, nineteen carries for eighty-three yards. He he seemed like. Like whenever you think he's done, he puts up one of these games where he almost gets to 100 yards. You almost want to start him as like a back end RB two, and then you're just very sad because he does like 30 yards. Like that just seems who Carlos Hyde is. It's kind of who he's been in his entire fantasy career. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, 11 for 109 on 13 targets, and popular pickup and start Kenny Stills, three for 22 on five targets. I think he does have better days ahead. And um, any interest in Darren Fells? This week, after coming off a six for fifty-eight and two performance, I don't trust them. I personally only don't because they were using multiple tight ends and they were targeting both of them a lot. As he, well, it as, does seem like Watson likes Aikens too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were feeding Hopkins as much as possible. But we also like Raiders secondary is obviously awful. This is a plus matchup. They should have all had great catches. It just still didn't get the targets. He didn't get any deep targets. What's the big? What's thing. crazy is he had two of those catches really early in the first quarter, and it looked like he was primed for that giant day that everyone expected, but then he just fell off. 
Yeah. The real the real story for me is Kiki QT didn't even play. Yeah, you can <laughs> if you have him, you can probably cut him, don't you think? I mean, he had a decent week last week and he looks full health. I it was weird. There's there's no excuse for him not to play. He's very talented, especially in the slot, which is where they kind of need him right now. He's a cutie too. I hate you so much. <laughs> yeah, that was worse than anything I've said. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, Debatable. probably, but it's cl- it's close. <laughs> Moving on, Patriots over the Browns, twenty-seven to thirteen. Um, Nick Chubb, twenty carries for one hundred thirty-one yards, but did lose two fumbles, uh, which pretty much took the Browns out of any opportunity to score. Uh, Jarvis Landry, five for sixty-five. Beckham, five for fifty-two. Excuse me. Better days are ahead for this Browns offense. And I think it starts this week in Denver against the backup quarterback. The offense should be on the field a lot. Um, for the Patriots side, uh, Sonny Michelle, 21 carries for 74 yards. James White caught four passes for 75. I think the best thing being a Michelle owner was that Burkhead was active but only had four touches. Um, I, I still think Michelle is their first option. Um, and then yeah. Julian Edelman, the big game uh, receiving-wise, eight for 78 and two on 11 targets. Uh, Muhammad Sanu, two for 23 on five targets in his debut. Uh, there's really not much to talk about here. The Patriots defense did score again. Uh, you guys got anything to add? Uh, I do want to say the Browns' actual players and the line looked better this week. Baker and did look, Baker looked good, too. I think Baker that was good. probably the best game he's played this year. I think they, pr- they actually played really well. It's just mm-hmm. so many early mistakes. It was hard to catch up, especially Plus, against such a good defense. For Mayfield, his he had the highest quarterback <clears throat> rating of any quarterback that the Patriots have seen this year, and it would have been even higher, but that interception technically counts against him, even though that yeah, was the, the worst play. The, sh- the shuffle pass to the defensive lineman, you mean? Yeah, that yeah. I mean, but that's that's bad blocking. It was. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, Batonio. Batonio whiffed. No, I like I it. agree with that. But also, why is Baker throwing that? Like he did he it's, not look? It's, it's the but it's, it's the play, kid. and it got yeah. it, it. If it gets blown up, you have to run that play anyway. Like there's no, you yeah. don't have another option either. You take a. I mean, obviously, looking back on it, a ten yard sack would have been better. But that if either he throws that ball or he falls to the ground. Because there was nothing. Yeah, else. Chubb, Chubb was off to the right, and he would have broken off. But he, but Chubb's but he looking wasn't, to block. He, yeah, he's supposed to block. He's not yeah, supposed to get the he's ball. He's not looking for the ball. But in in hindsight, only like maybe Brady and Rodgers would have had the actual mindset there. Like, yeah, oh right. crap, I should take this sack. That's True. Baker can't get to that level yet. He's only a second year quarterback. But he definitely just, looked better. That was I just agree. a terrible. That was just a terrible. Yeah, terrible. Well, terrible, terrible three game. three plays really, and then after that, yeah, they three straight plays is because it's it's kind of it, it was kind of unlucky too because what are the odds that Batonio is going to kick the ball out of Chubb's hands? Yeah, that's not then, that one's not Chubb's fault, and the other one's a great play. It was it was a great maybe play Chubb by, should by have Jones. both hands on the ball, but still, that's an amazing so, play. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it's just it's just right place, right time for the Patriots. Um, for the Sunday night game, the Packers over the Chiefs, 31-24. This was actually a really good game. Sure. Aaron Rodgers, uh, 22 for 33, 305 yards, three touchdowns. He did jump up to QB four on the year after the last two weeks. Um, Aaron Jones, 13 carries for 67 yards, but they threw to him a ton, seven for 159 and two on eight targets. He could have had three touchdowns, but he was all by himself and stepped on the line with his heel. Um, Jamal Williams added two touchdowns, two touchdowns off also had a rushing and a receiving TD. 
Are you guys okay with starting Williams every week, or or are you only mm. trusting Jones? I started both of them in a league this week, and I it was because I had to. But man, after seeing this, like, there's not a lot keeping me from doing that. It's not like I, I don't remember who my backup yeah. is in that league, but I think they're both going to be productive. I think Jamal takes a little bit of a hit when Adams comes back. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. And- I think it's I, the shocking thing about that was the fact that Allison and Valdez Scantling combined for two catches for 11 yards, and Rogers still threw for 300 and three touchdowns. I I told you they've looked bad with Adams yep. out. I don't. I'm. You know who's actually looked good? Um, I know he only had two catches. Yes, like that that comeback that he had where he went up and got that. That was a really yep. good route. What are the odds that Allison and MVS are on this team next year? Uh, probably still. They're, Pretty high because they're, they're not... looking for they're looking for a receiver, but I I don't think I don't think they get rid of those two. I think they no. want to look oh, look somewhere. Well, else. I think they add Robbie Anderson here. Uh, yeah, probably. But so my argument for that is Jake Kumaro and Alan Lazard. While Kumaro is a little older than Allison and MBS, I mean, what's stopping them from running those two out there behind Robbie and well, hopefully Robbie and Devontae Adams? I just. Allison and MVS both look like they think they're good and they're not. They're just not good receivers right now. No, they played bad. Kumaro's only two years old two years older than both of them. They're both twenty five. That's kind of surprising. Yeah. And, then, and they're both cheap. That's why they're yeah. still gonna be on the team. Well, so is Kumaro and Lazard too, though. Yeah, so, yeah. They're not No, absolutely. But Adams should be back next week. So that that's a that'll be a bonus and that'll help out Rodgers, which is it's pretty crazy that that offense even better helps out everyone. <laughs> oh yeah, it helps out here. me. I got I got helps out me for like four weeks. Same. Uh, for the Chiefs, Matt Moore played well, twenty four for thirty six, two sixty seven and two. Uh, Lashawn McCoy nine carries for forty yards, did have four for twenty three. Damian Williams seven carries for thirty yards, found the end zone, and like Christian talked about before we started recording, he was on the field a lot in the fourth quarter, which is kind of surprising. Um, and then receivers, Sammy Watkins was back. He had five catches for 45 yards on eight targets. Tyree Kill, six for 76. Those two guys can probably th- – those two guys will probably have decent production week to week, especially Hill, obviously. And then oh. Travis Kelsey finally found the end zone, four for 63 and a touchdown. Both, both those guys are going to be ex- – everyone's going to be more explosive once Mahomes back. That's mm. – yeah. They, they can be serviceable to really good starts with Matt Moore. Uh, he looked good, like I said. We said before, he, he always plays hard. And as long as he doesn't mess up and throw all the picks, they they have a chance. He's a good backup. Yeah. No, he's he's probably one of the better backups in the league, even though he yeah. wasn't on even though he was scouting for the Dolphins <laughs> going into the season. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and then Michael Hartman showed the showed the big playability again with a thirty yard pop pass for a touchdown. So um I still think he's got very good dynasty appeal. He he's he's Tyreek Hill, but they already have Tyreek Hill. That's the only <laughs> thing. I think again, it goes back to they drafted Hardman because I don't think they thought that Hill would be on the team this year, and they wanted Hardman to play that role. But now that Hill is back, it's kind of an embarrassment of riches because Hardman is yeah. Hardman's extremely talented, extremely fast. He's so fast. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for our week eight recap. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into our worthy waivers of the week leading into week nine. Welcome back to The Cut. We're going to get into our worthy waivers of the week going into week nine. Before we attack each other and tear ourselves to shreds like a pack of maniacs, let's just 
open the sack first and see what's actually in it. It might not even be worth the trouble. Totally worth it. I'm going to go ahead and start. My first guy, we talked about him before. It's Jonu Smith. He's only owned in 19% of Yahoo leagues. The Titans need a sure-handed pass catcher, and you're basically playing roulette every week with Davis, Brown, or Humphreys. I know I talked about Corey Davis last week, but um, Tannehill showed this week that it's hard to rely on him. Uh, Delaney Walker is in a walking boot, so I think he's out multiple weeks. And like Christian said, Smith could overtake Walker as the starter even when Walker's back. Smith could be a, a tight end one at least until Walker is healthy again, and he could fill in from there too. So I think for tight end needy teams, I think Jonu Smith has to be a guy you go get. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I'll head right into my guy. It's Cam Newton. Um, he looks to be in line to start. If not next week, then the week after. Uh, Kyle Allen had a, a rough game, which was pretty much expected against the 49ers, but I think that gives the Panthers all the more reason to go back to Cam. I know there were a lot of rumors that maybe they'd stick with Kyle Allen. That's not going to happen. Uh, when Cam Newton is healthy, he is their starter. He's owned in less than 50% of leagues with good reason. He's been injured. Um, but, man, when when we've seen healthy Cam the last couple of years, he's been MVP caliber. Like, he, mm-hmm. he is a, a dog. And while I think that he might be sort of on the back end of his career, he's definitely a better option for the Panthers. And that Panthers offense isn't bad. I mean, they have – Weapons everywhere. Uh, they have Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. I think Cam Newton is going to be a, a solid starting quarterback. And I think if you scoop him now, you're you're doing yourself a favor. Plus the ageless Greg Olson. Yeah, well. <laughs> Who's probably one foot injury away from calling it quits for good. But Well, know. he was in like the I booth said. a couple weeks ago when they were on their bye. He was – uh, I, I want to say in the CBS booth or something like that, and everyone. I'm sure. I'm sure he's got that life after he's done. He'll be. He'll definitely yeah, be. Good. He's a nice Tony yeah. Romo. Okay. Yeah. Anything. Anything's better than Jason Witten. That's all I got to say on that. True. No, he was. He was okay. No, he was not. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think he was great, but I really hate basically that whole crew on Mondays. Mm-hmm. So especially Booger. it's hard to. Yeah, yeah obviously, uh, it's just hard to. It's hard to watch. What's all right, Randy, who's your waiver wire pickup? <laughs> uh, all right, go. I'm just – Sean talked about it a little bit earlier. I'm rolling with Rashad Penny here. He's owned in about 40% of leagues across different platforms. Uh, I I think it's probably like a 60% chance he gets traded tomorrow. I just don't know. And with waivers, you got to do it now because someone else is doing it now. I would, I would put him on because there's not really anyone else I'm looking at this week that has any kind of upside like he does. So, I mean, he could go to a pretty decent team, and he, if he's going to get traded, odds are he's going to get at least 60% of that team's workload. And, I mean, he's looked good when he's healthy and in. So I, I think he could be a decent, like, fantasy flex going down the stretch here. What do you think about the Chiefs trading for Rashad Penny? I just don't. I would like it. it would make, for, it would I would make like it for time. the Chiefs because then yeah. they don't have to draft a running back this year because they, they have another have young asset. It. Yeah, yeah. But because they use three running backs right now, I'm not sure. I would say the Chiefs are the Texans. Yeah, I mean Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller's old. He's he's obviously out this year. Um, Just attacking I, I, Lamar I think, Miller, man. 
He would saying that he's old. I, I think he's twenty nine, isn't he? Like, I mean, yeah, that's the back end of a running back career. But I, I, I fully believe Lamar Miller comes back and comes back with a vengeance next year. Well, he he could come in and take the Dolphins' job for the next five years too. I, it's hard to tell what's going to happen here. But talk there's about, there, about coming full circle. But that's there's been apparently a good amount of teams that are out looking for him. And I mean, off the top of my head, it's hard to imagine who exactly everyone is, but it could be anyone, and we could be shocked, just like we were kind of shocked with Kenyon Drake today. <laughs> that blew my mind. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I think that I think the David Johnson injury is worse than they want to let on. Well, I think they wouldn't mind I mean, trading BJ because they yeah. they see what they have in in Chase Edmonds. So. Right. All right, and then we pulled our knowledge together here just for a couple other guys to just keep an eye on. If Jordan Howard's not owned, go ahead and go scoop him up now. Um, Alexander Madison, especially if you're the Dalvin Cook owner, you want to have – he's probably the high one of the high-end um, handcuffs in the league right now. And then Mark Walton, I think he's going to be the, the default starter in Miami. Um, Caleb Lodge still maybe will get the goal line work. But Walton is probably going to get the first crack at the carries. And then keep an eye on Baker Mayfield. Um, we talked about it. He he looks better in this one. Um, he's got a much easier schedule. For, if you need to stream a quarterback, I know he hasn't looked good before, but I, th- I think he's going to turn it around. Um, so that'll do it for our Week 8 recap episode of The Cut. Christian, Randy, you guys got anything to add before we go watch Monday night? Nope, just uh, hoping Deontay Johnson and Preston Williams bring home a dub against you. No, Mike Kosicki, baby. Touchdown. <laughs> Here it comes. We'll see. We'll and see, then, man. Uh, we are going to be recording a brief trade market episode. It, we're it, it, we're gonna. It's just going to be a short little snippet. We're going to talk about some, uh, some targets, some trade philosophy. So uh, we'll get into that. Look for that probably – Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. And then our uh, week nine preview is going to be coming a day early. We are going to be recording that Wednesday night and we'll, we'll shoot that out to you guys on Thursday morning. All right, boys, anything else? Nope. Nope. Let's go dolphins. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. That'll do it for Christian Williams, Randy Hall. I'm Sean Ward. We'll talk to you guys later. We gone.